Oh, hello. I'm Sketch. I'm Shades. And this is Geeking Out with Shades and Sketch. Welcome. Welcome. Uh, every week, we bring our, our GoCo, our Geeking Out Command Outpost, to a new location. This week, I'm very excited to be where we are. Shades, would you like to tell everybody where we are? Oh, I would love to. Uh, this week, the GoCo is broadcasting deep below the surface of the Earth's oceans at Broken Ridge Mining Facility in the year 2018. This is our first episode from the future. It is. We're our the, breaking ground. The distant future. The distant future. Uh, the year 2018. Hard to fathom. It is. That's an ocean pun. It is. By the way, there'll Good be job. many ocean puns. Uh, because if we're in the ocean and we're in the future... What are we geeking out over? Oh, it must mean we're talking about Sequest DSV. Sequest DSV. Do do we have a theme song? Oh, we do. We have a theme song. This we week? have a theme song. Oh, da, 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 the twenty first century. Da, 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 Mankind has colonized da, 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 the last regions of the Earth, the oceans. As captain of the Sequest, and it's, and it's crew, true, we are its guardians. For beneath the surface lies the future. Darwin. <laughs> Sequest DSV. This is a deep cut. Long time listeners. Is that another ocean pun? It is. A deep cut? I think we're going to have to explain a little bit of what I Sequest think so. DSV is to our long time listeners. Some of them might have seen it. Back, you may have. Back in the 90s. This premiered in 1993 on NBC and it ran from 1993 to 1996. Great run. Yeah. <laughs> um, I had a discussion with. Uh, with someone earlier uh, in which are you we cheating on me? Wait, no, are you no, cheating on me? No, you're not. Is there another podcast I need to know about? I do have another podcast. <gasps> but uh, we, were, we were talking about all all great TV shows sure. do not last longer than three seasons. Okay. So I, by that standard, I'd have to really think, think about, about all it. other TV shows uh, <laughs> that I like. I can already off the top of my head think of a couple that don't fall. But that's okay. We'll right. talk about those another episode. Sure. Uh, Sequest DSV from the 90s. It is a space exploration show set Under underwater. Yes. Uh, fantastic. Fantastic that's concept. Brilliant. Brilliant concept. Um, executive producer Steven Spielberg. The, who's the star? Who's the star of the show? Roy Scheider, Captain and Nathan Bridger, and um, Jonathan Brandeis. Lucas Wallenstein. I would say they kind of co-star uh, yeah, in, in the show. Yes. Yep. And Darwin. And Darwin, of course. The talking dolphin. Darwin. 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 Voiced by the incomparable Fred Welker. Sure. Uh, who, if you listened, if you watched, rather, a cartoon from the 1960s to the 1990s, you're familiar with Fred Welker's voice. He was the voice of Fred and Scooby-Doo, um, voiced uh, Megatron, bunch of, bunch of basically all yeah. of the Decepticons, everybody on G.I. Joe. So you're familiar with his you voice. You say that to voice them, but if you watch the opening credits, Darwin is credited as, as simply Darwin. Darwin is credited as simply Darwin. I mean, he's uh, like Cher in that there way. Is he has also, one name. There's also a credit, however, that says um, special consultant to animal... Voices or special consultant for voices. There you go. Fred Welker. Yeah, because you don't um, want to ruin the fantasy. No, you don't want to uh, pull the illusion down. All right, so let's talk about the premise of Sequest before, yes. we, before we get into it. It's a wonderful premise, and it's, it's really why I love the show. As you probably got from 
this week's theme. It it takes place in the in the near future, 2018. Yes. Now, in 1993, if you're not doing the math, that's 25 years in the future. Yes. Uh, it takes place on a the largest submarine, I think. Is the date. largest deep sea submersible vehicle that in is existence. the DSV yes. deep sea vehicle, deep um, submergence, deep, deep submergence. submergence vehicle, yes. and it's this marrying of a military vehicle and a research vehicle. Yes, and it is it is conceptualized and designed by Roy Scheider's character Nathan Bridger. Roy Scheider, by the way, if you don't know that name from Jaws, yes, Brody Chief from Brody. Jaws, Chief Brody from Jaws, yeah. Um, it is conceptualized by him, and he kind of has a foot in both worlds as well. He's a scientist. He's working with um, dolphins and uh, nonverbal communication. Yep. Um, he's also a career military man, but he's left both of those He left worlds. the military to, to spend more time with his wife, who was a scientist, but then yes. she passed, and he kind of went off into hermitage. Yes, with his dolphin, Darwin. Darwin, Yes. Which is where we find him in the pilot episode. The pilot. Ah, oh, it's so good. It's a two-hour pilot. It's really a movie. It feels like a movie. It is. And it and it runs like a movie, and it's great. It is. We might have a little nostalgia running deep on this we, one. You really do. Oh, uh, that's the that's the quitting bell going by. Oh, all the miners. All the miners are checking out. Hey guys. Hey, don't mind us. See you at the bar. Yeah. Um so in this world that Sequest uh inhabits. Uh, it takes place in the future. It, it has a lot of the future tropes of, you know, all of our food is artificial. Uh, everything is very segmented we and artificial on land. Anymore. Right. Uh, and mankind has kind of spilled over the shores and has started to colonize underwater. And it's almost like a, a Wild West scenario. I mean, there's it no is. real jurisdiction down there. There isn't. So the UEO, the UEO, the United Earth Oceans Organization, yes, uh, commissions the Sequest to go out there. Well, the here's should we just get into this because there's some discrepancy there. I felt like we were already into it. Yeah, um, the UEO is a brand new organization in the the first episode, mm-hmm. but in, immediately that that kind of unravels later. The in first the show. episode starts with a scene that takes place three years in the past, which right. means. It's it took place in 2015. 2015. So it has already happened. Yes. Yes. Uh, so I remember it. So Sketch binged this entire season, on uh, this entire show on his own leading up to this. Yes. I was unable to watch a lot of it. A true fan, though. Yeah. A true fan I, I would have found sequence. a way. I tried to find a way, but it was just awful. I, I own the DVDs, on, and I've yeah. owned them for years. I subscribed to Netflix streaming service originally because Sequest was listed as one of the shows on it, and I hadn't seen it in ages. And it was on Netflix for a it long time. It was on Netflix from the time I subscribed in, I don't know, 2000, let's say, nine when the streaming service started. Is this episode brought to you by Netflix? <laughs> Possibly. Not with what you're about to say. And it left Netflix in May. Yeah. Just as we were deciding to... Uh, Get underway with start this, broadcasting. Yeah, broadcasting, yeah. And so that was a that was a difficult uh, that was difficult for me. I was had a little Netflix rage, but sketch reminded me it's not uh, not Netflix's fault. Well, look okay, at you, be, NBC. Before we move on the to the show, what's your history with Sequest? 
I just I, that oof. Netflix doesn't cover it, or do you have other? Do you have other? I other remember this show being announced mm-hmm. somewhere in my trove of belongings at my parents' house. I have the TV guide where they were talking about it premiering in the fall. Mm-hmm. It's a it has a three page uh, article on it with the picture is Roy Scheider, Jonathan Brandis, and uh, Steven Spielberg talking think, about the premise of the show. Do you think I our younger the first episode? I think our younger, long-time listeners even know what a TV guide is. Probably not. Wow. I feel so old. I know, right? Yeah. Um, so you watched the pilot. I watched the pilot. I watched it right through. All three... Glorious seasons. Discombobulated personality we'll, we'll talk disorder about that. ridden we'll talk seasons. About that. I have a different um, history with it. Yeah, I what's your history? I didn't start with the pilot. Um, I, I mean, growing up, we had one TV in the house, and we... Watched what mom and dad wanted to watch. And sci-fi wasn't always on the top of their list. So uh, when I was in sixth grade, when I was just becoming a, a full-fledged sketch, I got my own TV, my own room, flipping around the channels, stumbled across Sequest on sci-fi, the sci-fi channel. So it was already in its already in rerun. Yep. And uh, I, I fell in love. And I fell in love on a bad episode. A very bad episode. Uh, the, the, the season two where they Oof, get attacked by sorry. man-eating plants. Uh, I, uh, I haven't seen this episode in so long, but I remember the end of that episode. It's the character played by Michael DeLuise. Um, Dagwood? Uh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, Tony Piccolo. Oh, was, Michael uh, DeLuise. Michael DeLuise. Um, and they've they've made asparagus, and he pulls off the cover and is like, <laughs> yeah. we got to eat them before they eat you. Yeah, but like, in a revenge. real thick Brooklyn accent. Yeah, or something like that, yeah. to that effect. And, oh, that was a terrible episode. But, I mean, I watched it. I mean, once I found it, I loved it. Because yeah. at that age, I was really into underwater exploration, yeah. shipwrecks. I mean, all that. I mean, the Discovery sh- Channel was populated... Almost exclusively yeah. by shipwreck with, with shows, that kind of that kind deep of stuff. Sea and I loved yeah. it. I loved it. I remember. I know you had the Sequest model. I did. I made my own Sequest out of Legos. Did you? Mm, and I made a sea crab and I made a stinger. Do you still have any of them? Somewhere at my parents' house. Oh it's wow! I love to see away. that stuff. And uh, I, I mean, I loved it. Yeah, I loved everything about it, especially as a kid. Yeah. Maybe now that I've. Looked at it with fresh eyes. I have something to say, but I still love it. This is one of those shows that I've always gone back to and always think of fondly, even with my my grievances for the second and and third, which we'll, which which we'll, we'll get, get to. to. But we we need to finish setting up yes. what the show is for the listeners because, right? My guess is very few very few people, people have seen it. Have seen it, and I I. Highly recommend you tracking down some. Yeah, I don't know how you will. I don't know how you will right now because it's not on Amazon. It's not streaming. You really do have to buy the DVDs. And I own the DVDs, so if you want to borrow them, right into the show. Go with (laughs) with Shades of Sketch sketch at gmail.com. I'll put you on the list. (laughs) Um, But okay, so so it takes place 25 years in the future. It's 25 years in the future, mainly underwater. Yes. First season, we got to break this down season by season because it changes so much. Season one is very much um, exploration, exploration, discovery, and the research, the the treasure of the ocean as a natural resource, and discovery. Why don't we call season one about discovery Discovery and exploration and preservation? 
Yeah, preservation is a huge part of the first season. There's a strong environmentalist the theme to the show. And, and absolutely, that that really is there. One of the, the the tropes that that we uncovered is um, kind of the the monster of the week. And in season two, yeah. there isn't really a monster of the week in season one. No. I would say that the monster of the week idea is. Um, preservation of the environment and they sure. set it up early with the episode of the magma buoy yeah, and it episode runs two. episode two and it runs right through the season in the background and culminates with the, the, the season big final. finale yeah. where ultimately spoiler alert um oh, this no. isn't really a spoiler gonna, alert. oh wait wait before we go any further we should say there are going to be spoilers for sequest dsv in this episode <laughs> okay so if you are worried about Sequest DSV being ruined for you, and really, what have you been waiting for? Honest to God. Uh, pause. Go track it down, find it, <laughs> and then join us. I think the only place you're going to be able to watch it right now is, is on, Sketches House, probably. You, is on YouTube. Um, but Netflix has been known uh, to put shows back on. Oh, from, yeah. They, things come and go as from, business. Well, I was going to say fan deals. petitions. If you write to Netflix, enough people write to Netflix and Ooh. say, hey, I want this back Should on. Should we write? I think we should. Oh, if, we should if we get the backing of the Geeking Out with Shades and Sketch yeah. podcast community. I, I'm confident they'll, Anything's possible. they'll figure it out and get it back up there. Yeah. So you wanted to spoil the end of season one? Well, I, was, I wasn't I was going to spoil it, but it, you know, sacrificing the, mm -hmm. the sequest itself oh. to protect the environment. I, that was such a good episode. It really was. That I'm disappointed I rewatched. Uh -huh. <laughs> no, it was fine. It was still fine. It was still fine. Um, little too, little too Lucas heavy for me. Yeah. That episode, not enough. Sequence. So should we? So we should we say like the the A plot and B plot of season one? Sure. I'm interested what the A plot and B plot oh, are. Oh sure. So I don't the know what you the think they A are. plot is is preservation of the ocean, mm -hmm. discovery, and the uh, the events that the the crew of Sequest uh, experience. Sure. Um, and then the the B plot running there is we have this character. Lucas Wallenshek. Lucas Wallenshek. Jonathan Brandis. Jonathan Brandis. You will know him from Never Ending Story. Yeah, Never Ending um, Story 2. 2, thank you. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Never Ending Story 2, which is the better of Never Ending Stories because mm -hmm. it has Jonathan Brandis in it. Jonathan Brandis. Um, I have thoughts on Jonathan Brandis. Lucas Wallenshek is deposited on Sequest by a wealthy UEO backer. Basically, because he's a genius and he doesn't know what to do with his kid. Yeah. Yeah, he's um, a scientist. He's a well-known scientist in the world. Yes. He has a 15, 16-year-old son right. and is basically like, put him on the sequest. Right. He'll learn life on the yes. sequest. And so the B-plot then is Lucas, who is uh, essentially familyless. He's yeah. been abandoned by his dad. He's kind of like an orphan. Yes. Uh, and Roy Scheider's character, uh, Nathan Bridger, who is is widowed. Uh, his, and lost his and son. And lost his son. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're like these two broken people yep. uh, who are finding a new life for themselves on this boat. Mm -hmm. And uh, Nathan Bridger is building his family with the Sequest crew. Yep. And Lucas is building his family with the Sequest crew. And like they're both healing through the process of learning and discovery and, and forming this community. It's certainly the classic story of... Uh, an older man learning to be young again. a father again, yeah. and the story of a young man learning what it's like to have connections, yes. to have relationships, yep. to have a family. And it's it's done well. And it grows very organically yeah. throughout 
the whole first season. I, I mean, would say it grows organically through the whole whole show. Uh, yeah, one of the disappointing episodes that we saw later, it was, it's like really looking at that relationship of um, the their their relationship in the show goes through all of the stages of like when you're a young child and you just want to be around your your parent figure and do whatever yep. they can and your dad's your hero yes and eventually your heroes are are torn down later in life when yep. you realize they're just people and just as flawed as you are yep and you have to step up you do kind of a yep. thing um, let's talk about Darwin. Because we've already mentioned him and Okay, when we say Darwin is a talking dolphin, yes, he is a dolphin. He is a dolphin. Yes, he talks. He talks. But he's not a, a cartoon uh character come to life. I mean it's He is a lifelike animatronic dolphin. He is incredibly believable. I mean, season, I did not know that he was animatronic. Not, maybe the talking part isn't the believable part. Well, but the he dolphin doesn't, himself. He doesn't talk. He doesn't talk. Lucas Wallencheck designs this computer program. Computer program to decipher the yes. clicks and whistles of, of dolphins. dolphins, and it's able to translate them into human speech. Loosely. Loosely. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it, not, Darwin is not talking in full sentences. He's not telling stories. I think this is going to lead us into the science of the show. Well, I mean, it, 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 this is really... Uh, the difference between season one and season two. Yes. I mean, it's a sci-fi show. Season one focuses on the sci, the yes. science. Season, season two, two definitely like focuses, focuses on, on the fi. Yeah, the fiction. Um, but yeah, so the science—it's—it's it's science that lets Darwin talk. Yes, it's—it's it's it's computer not program. They, they meticulously throughout first season are always like, "Yeah, it's not exact." Like he—they're usually trying to interpret what he's saying, and, and he's communicating with mm-hmm. emotion on a different wavelength than us, and mm-hmm. the computer loosely puts it together. And he sounds like... Darwin! He sounds like Slimer from The Real Ghost. Darwin! Richard! Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I loved him. I loved Darwin. Yeah. First uh, season Darwin. Sure. Darwin didn't go through too much of a character growth. Uh, I mean, <laughs> when you think about it. The them. way they use him Yes, is, that's certainly the way they use yeah. him changes. Uh, then you kind of have your typical cast of characters on any sort of ship-based show, you know, a crew. Can I say one more thing about Darwin? Let's go right back to Darwin. Sorry. Um, Thought we had enough Darwin. I'll save it for when we talk about the sets. Okay, yeah, because I, yeah. I definitely want to talk about the sets. Yeah. Uh, you know, you have your basic uh, second-in-command, yep. you have your engineer, your communications officer. You have all of the trope characters yes. that a show in this genre should have. The doctor, the ship yes. doctor. The, I didn't come up with this term, the wrench wench. Yeah, that's from uh, TV Tropes. TVTropes.com. The woman who's Hitchcock kind of in charge And later, of, Henderson. Yep. She's kind of in charge of... Uh, yep. You know, fixing what, the ship, keeping what, it running. What earlier yeah. shows would have always cast a man in because yes. it's a mechanical role. They like to flip that on its yep. head and and uh, and give it to a lady, and uh, and that's really the whole cast of characters. I mean, Bridger and Lucas are your main, your consistent main characters yes. until season three, and then you got your um, crew, and then they bring in a lot of guest stars. They bring in a lot of guest stars, uh, oh usually from the realm of sci-fi. We watched an episode <laughs> with Bill Shatner. Ooh, that Bill was... Shatner. Very um, his character's difficult name to was... get through. He was a dictator. He was an Eastern European dictator, I think. Milos Tesloff. Yes. He was a Serbian dictator. What was his fantastic line? Bloodshed follows me like a wedding train. Oh, shivers. Oh, shivers. Yikes. Uh, good shivers, of course. And then Darwin helps his son overcome the autism? European, Eastern European Serbian 
warlord who's killed millions of people with a heart of gold just trying to connect with his autistic son. Does he have a heart of gold, though? Because he keeps calling his son his curse. Uh, <laughs> and I he don't just, think... He just wants to swim with his with his son in a dolphin. I suppose so. That's all he really wanted. So uh, we've already talked about season one, science-based. Season two starts up oh, a new season ship. Season two. Because oh as Shade's God. already spoiled, Sequest goes down for the greater Heroically. good. Heroically. Heroic. Oh, absolutely. It's sacrifice. It is. Uh, to, to, to fix uh, Lucas's dad's folly. Yes. So it, that's kind of poetic because Lucas's new dad saves the world. Saves the world from Lucas's, Lucas's biological, biological dad. Mess up almost of a destroys dad. the world. Yeah. Um, season two, though, definitely oh. now says, "Okay, we did enough science. Yep. Uh, let's focus on fiction." Season two is such a strange departure, and it, it's kind of strange that the show continued into season two. A lot of things led up to the changes in season two. Yeah. The ratings were never particularly good because Sequest, great show. Great show. But battling Star Trek The Next Generation sure. at the height of its popularity. Yeah. So 1993 is season six and seven okay. of The Next Generation, and they've already announced uh, Generations, the first movie. And I mean, it, it's... I love Sequest, but it's easy to see how you would look at Sequest and go, this is just a ripoff of, of Star, Trek. Star Trek. Right. Even the name, Sequest, yeah. is... Uh, anyway, so they... Oh, I never noticed that until you just said it's it. Really? And my heart broke. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, my I, God. Star sorry I had to be that person. Trek. Sequest. Quest. No. Uh, sorry. No. All right, episode's I'm over. I'm, I'm, out I gotta, I'm out of here. Sketch I'm out of here. is leaving the mining company. Come back, Sketch. Okay, come back. 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 We, we have to wait for a launch to come get us anyway. Yeah, that's the difficulty of being underwater. I feel like I'm back in Germany. Oh, man. You okay? Yeah. All right, so season, season two. Season two. Sequest first season, the, it had a ratings issue, but its uh, production was stopped for an extended period because of the L.A. earthquake. Mm-hmm. For a number of reasons, the producers decided to move the show from... Whoa, this, uh, some That's one of the speeders going by. Yeah. Whoa! Calm down, guys. Jeez, I know we're off clock, but... Jesus. They decided to move production from L.A. They shot in Honolulu and L.A. and decided to move to Orlando, Orlando Florida, to the back lot at Universal Studios. Mm-hmm. And a number of the cast members decided they did not want to make the move. That was the first kind of chink in the sequest armor you had had a lot of new characters joining the team and the producers decided that they wanted to go in a younger young cast members that would attract younger audiences Mm -hmm. and also they went to this kind of monster of the week format absolutely while also trying to explore the cast the crew members lives off the boat which the show is about an, the, the largest deep submergence vehicle. That's what I want to see. That's the, why I'm watching the show, yes. guys. I don't want to see them off the boat. They um, spent way too much time off the boat. They are hardly ever on Sequest. Yeah. Right there is the, the big tonal shift with and season also, two. And also the premise. I mean, it, it was easy, especially in the 90s, to, to go, okay, 25-year jump. Everything I felt in season one... Was, was a believable yes. extrapolation of what the future could be. Right down to Cisco conference phones. Yep, they were all, all the over the ship. Tape. It was totally believable. Um, you're basically FaceTiming with people. I yes. mean, that's not a big stretch to, to It to was in 1993. Video. Um, but, I mean, even the technology itself, there weren't flying cars. Nope. There, there wasn't, 
you know, laser weaponry. Until season two. Until and season then there two. Were laser but that, that's my point. When season two comes around, then all of a sudden we start getting really ridiculous. Well, what also started in 1993 and became beyond popular was X-Files. Oh, um, that makes so, sense. And that was a lot of the, the monster of the week shift that they wanted to make it more like Star Trek and also kind of bring in the the supernatural paranormal element that was popular on X-Files. Yeah, because in season two, we got... Oh, my goodness. We got, we got Mark got, Hamill as blind Tobias, who's actually an alien. An alien. Yeah, so we got... We did have aliens in season one. Eh, Very of. underplayed. Yeah. Just kind of... It had crashed yeah. on Earth centuries ago and right. was frozen underwater. In season two, though, we get we aliens get interacting around, with yeah. people, fighting yes. uh, in laser gun battles. We have genetically engineered life forms. The Gelts, Gelts or daggers. daggers. Dagwood, probably my least favorite character on the show. Ouch. Not a Dagwood fan. That is incredibly racist to say because sure. Dagwood, all daggers are every skin color. I, okay. They are on purpose. They, they, they mentioned are, that. Yeah. They yeah, have yeah. a little bit of everyone's skin color on right. them. I don't know why. I didn't remember that. Uh it almost looked like it was for camouflage purposes. They, they were bred they, to be they were bred to be soldiers. They look like stained glass windows. Yeah, but not as beautiful. No. <laughs> they look Who's like the okay, okay, imagine Whoa. imagine an all brown stained glass window <laughs> with the intellect of a six year old. That's Dagwood. <gasps> oh my goodness. Could you allow Dagwood on Bridge? Can I can I share Roy Scheider's quote about season two? Or should I hold on to it? Well, Roy Scheider, Captain Bridger, the heart of the show. The heart of the with show. Lucas. You can did see did not him. have fun oh. times during season two. Season two, you can see um over time just Roy Scheider. The life, eye, the ebbs life out of his eyes. Just, yes. There's just nothing behind his eyes delivering these lines. Season one felt like something he was proud to be a part of. Season two, not so much. Season two felt like this is way out of my control, and I hate what they're doing uh, with it. Season two, I called Drunk Quest in my notes. Off the wall, aliens, time travels, past lives, uh, possessions, psychics, WTF. There were psychics in, in season one. We just watched the episode we did. with psychics, but but very underplayed and yes. more about intuition. Oh, no. Yes. Uh, but in season two, just flat out psychic. Well, they have in season two, they have a psychic on the crew. That's and the she's, doctor. She's totally uh, Deanna Troying it up all over the place. Oh yeah, she is. Yeah, and uh, it, uh, you have a guy with gills. Yep. Uh, you have the genetically modified guy. I mean, it really does Oof. turn into Star Trek. I mean, let's we can't have an, a crew of aliens, so let's see what we can do right. to people, to human beings. So um, and Darwin. Darwin's still there. Darwin is still there. And Lucas is still there. Lucas is still there in season two. We're not really sure why, but they are. Yeah, I'm trying to think of an instance where Darwin saves the day. In season two. In season he's two. very downplayed in season two. He is, which is crazy because he's he was like the most fiction-y aspect of, of season, season one. season one, yeah. He was the hardest thing to believe in season and one. And then they went full tilt. Yeah, aliens. Time travel. Yeah, past lives. Uh, cryogenically freezing people and yes. falling them out. Yep. I remember that. Do you remember the episode where, uh, God, our long-term listeners are going to be like, why on earth are they talking about the show? When <laughs> because I it really is wonderful. Episode. It really is a wonderful show. Do you and remember when we get to our raves, you're going to understand why it's so great. Do you remember the episode where they go forward in time? Which? This is in season two. They go forward play, in time. Playtime. Playtime. Playtime is the worst ranked episode for this, the entire show. 
The entire sequest goes forward in yep. time. 200 years. There we go. Uh, yeah, it goes, in, it goes forward in time 200 and change years. Right. Into a future where there are no human beings There are just left these giant the robots. Well, I was going to get to that All over the reveal. place. You know, you know what can I can say about these giant robots? Sure. Um, that episode really showed the limitations of CGI. It really did. Because one of the genius things about season Quest one and season one specifically, yeah. the CGI in 93 is fine. If you're thinking of it from terms of 93, it's not what we're used to now. <clears throat> But it holds up well in season one. Yes. Because they it's did under, something brilliant. It's underwater. They they made everything hard to see because it's murky, light is diffused. Yes. It's 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 well, it's just underwater. I see, mean, you I, know what it's like to look underwater. I went back and looked at this. This is one of my raves. Okay. So i I won't talk about it too much. I went back I was shocked when I went back and watched this uh, the few episodes on YouTube of how well the CG in season season one holds up. Yes. Because of the way they addressed it. You're always pulled back very far yeah. to get the topography of the land, the kind of the sea wash. Mm-hmm. It's murky. It looks great. Season two, oh dear God. Well, season two, like we've already said, Oof. you're out of the water a lot. And as soon as you're out of the water, there goes your there mask goes your over filter. your CGI. Right. Uh, so the episode that we're talking about with the giant mech robots, uh, they, look, they look bad. They look terrible. They look comically. Oh my goodness! They look bad. like they're taken right out of a, a video game from the time. Uh, Mech Warrior. Mech Warrior. Absolutely. One hundred percent a ripoff yeah. of Mech Warrior. Um, the premise of this episode is they've been brought forward in time by a supercomputer because uh, mankind no longer procreated on its own. It was right. it was wiped out by a plague. Uh, the computer was hatching. Human beings. Yes. And there's it's only, very matrixy. There's only two left in the world. Wachowskis, were you watching this episode of Sequest when you came up with the Matrix? Ooh. Right into the show at uh, go, go and change the sketch, <laughs> gmail.com. Uh, I want to get to the bottom of this. But uh, basically, the computer, the computer, oh God, it's so hard for me to even talk about this. The computer brings Sequest and its crew forward in time to kill itself, to kill the computer. <laughs> Uh, because the this is two, the only parent the last two humans. Yes, the have ever two known. humans are one boy, one girl. Lucky, lucky for they're them. Teenagers, right? Uh, yeah, they're teenagers, yep. and they are totally dependent on technology. And dependent on their VR chamber. They don't know how to interact yeah. with each other. Uh, they, they can only communicate through like battling each other with their mechs. Yeah, and the okay. Let me ask something. <laughs> if everything. Okay, they keep saying it's virtual reality. <laughs> I can't reality. keep a straight face at this. They keep saying it's virtual reality and that they're in virtual reality. This is the most complex computer in the entire world that's ever existed. Even Lucas has a hard time figuring out. Lucas is a genius. Right. And Lucas falls in love with it. Yeah. Lucas yes. flat out falls in love falls with it. Falls in love with the computer. But it's not virtual reality. They're controlling they are, real yeah. mechs. It's not virtual are, at all. That are running around the city and they just have cameras in the mechs and they're controlling those. Yeah, it's not virtual reality at all. That episode, it is problematic. Is not. This is probably one of my rants about sequest. It's inconsistency. But we'll we'll, oh, we'll, we'll get, get there. The okay. All right. I think we've talked enough about season two. Let's just go to season season three. three. Uh, season three. Uh, the last season. I call War Quest. Absolutely. If season one was science or Sea War, and yeah. season two was fiction, season three goes into a hardcore military drama. So can I can I give the quote? Sure. I don't know what quote you're about uh, to give. So I'd love to hear season it. two, Roy Scheider, very displeased oh, he was with, not happy with the season direction. two. Very, very unhappy with the direction of the show. He went on um, 
some kind of daytime talk show and described the show this way, quote, it's childish trash. It's old and tired. Four o'clock junk for children coming home from school. Something to watch. Which is kind of what I was. It's the worst parts of Star Trek. And frankly, they do it better than we, than us. Mm -hmm. Unquote. I wish I could argue with them on that. Which the producers threw back at him. We're, we're, it's unfortunate that he's such an unhappy and, uh, what, I didn't write that part down. Unhappy and uh, something old man. Something that uh, curmudgeonly like, yeah, like curmudgeonly, uh, unhappy and curmudgeonly old, old man, something to that effect. Um, Roy Schreider really wanted to be let out of his contract after yeah, season two. They refused. Mm-hmm. They forced him to do three yeah, guest appearances. That was their compromise. Yeah, um, which I feel so terrible about because one of my what, I'm so downplayed as a character. Mark Marco Sanchez, Miguel Ortiz, the science officer. Was he a science uh, officer? He was always in charge of the whiskers. The whiskers, yeah. Um, he was like the sonar, radar, guy, sonar guy. On a, on he a really wanted to stay on the show in yeah, season three. Him. I did too. And uh, he was he was let go by the network. I wrote that down in my notes. Where's, where's Ortiz? Yeah. He was let go because they wanted to pare the, the show down to nine More. crew members. I do guess it was starting to get a little big. And we've talked about, like, in Civil War, how too many characters is hard to care. But season one had a lot of characters, but it wasn't a show about characters. Right. So it was fine to have all these characters around because you weren't super invested into them. And you didn't have to be that invested in them because it's not like it was a show about who's going to live and who's going to well, die. Well, you were invested in the, the ship and the well-being of the ship. Yeah, so the you didn't ship, need to have The crew, each, and I'm air right. quoting here, the crew was a character. Yes, it was a very good. It was. I think it did an ensemble show better than Star Trek, because right. rather than giving each character an episode and this is this person's arc and this person's arc, they were very good about this is the crew and the crew lives and dies together and each crew member has a specific skill and when that skill's needed, yeah, that crew member will feature. With the exception of Lucas and I would say they cer- each crew member certainly had its strengths and its weaknesses, but I wouldn't yeah. say each crew member had its quirk. Yeah, you know, like, no, they didn't. Oh, they did not know, have a quirk. Is, oh, here he comes! Right, um, was like oh, there was need, like no Kramer. It was there right. wasn't a Kramer. Oh, there's a there's character. a negotiation. You need you need um, O'Neill. Uh, yes. An away mission. You definitely got to take. Um, you got to take. Who was the away um, mission guy? Oh, Crocker. Crocker with you. Yeah. Um, you need uh, engineering. That's Hitchcock. Hitchcock all the way. Uh, you need the linchpin guy that's going to pull it through in the end. You need Ben Krieg. And Krieg's going to see you through. I loved Krieg, the morale officer. The morale officer, and he really was. There was a great episode where they're all stranded in a life raft. That's one of the highest rated episodes. And he really is the morale officer. Yes. He keeps them all, like, hey, keeps them all laughing. And Lucas is there being the snarky teenage brat. He is being like, what's the point, Ben? Yep. You don't have to talk to me like a child, Ben. Right. And and, uh, Ben Krieg is just like, this is who I am, Lucas. This is what I do. If. I gotta look for the good. Yep. You know? Uh, a lot of good messages in season it's a, it's one. It's a too. great ensemble show. Yeah. Season season one. But we we're we're always gonna come back to season one. We, we gotta are. go back to season three, or this episode's gonna be way Ooh. too long. Season this three. This episode's gonna be longer than all of Sequest put together. So uh, <laughs> um, no, we're doing we're doing good. Darwin. Darwin tired. <laughs> uh, season three. War Roy Scheider really wants to leave the show. They uh, hold him to doing three-episode deal that he has to come back. Uh, one of those is the pilot of the third season. 
Fast forward 10 years into the future. Oh, wait, pause, pause. Oh, sorry, pause. pause. This is part of season two that I just have to say. Go for season it. Season one ends with a sacrifice of the sequest to ensure that mankind <laughs> lives on. Yes. Okay. There's a giant... Saves the planet. A giant... Um, Fissure in the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, which is going to... Spewing lava. And it's going to raise the temperature of the ocean, melt the ice caps, flood the world. Instant global warming. Um, season two ends... With the sequest being plucked out of the ocean like a claw machine at your arcade. By a UFO. Being brought to another planet. That is entirely comprised of water. And having to fight a civil war on another planet. It is destroyed. It's flat out destroyed. It is flat out destroyed. That mine goes right through the bridge. Yes. I mean, it's for those of you who love sequests, it's devastating. It is. To see to watch. The sequest ship destroyed in such a way. Yeah. And uh, the, the the remaining crew that survives is is still in the UFO. God, it's hard to talk like that. Still in the UFO, <laughs> blows it up with themselves on on board to, right. to everybody, win the civil war. On everybody dies. Every single Which person. Which is such an fu to people who like Sequest. Like, well, it was unlikely that they were going to get a third season. But that's what I mean. That's what's so an fu. It like, was on the chopping dies, block. Except yep. for Dagwood, Darwin, and Lucas, and who Lucas. are basically going to die because they're on an all water planet in a life raft. Right. In the stinger. <sighs> in the stinger. Yeah, but it's out of fuel. It is. All right, that brings us to season three. The sequest has been destroyed on another planet. Yes. It's 10 years in the future. And the sequest is magically in a field. Uh, a cornfield, the, in, cornfield Iowa. in Iowa. And and all of our crew members, all of our crew members, which, quote, say, uh, that, that, quote, uh, survived the explosion. Right. And out of quotes, wanted to stay on the show. Right. Wake up in various places in the world. It's 10 years later. Yeah. Um, Lucas and Dagwood wash up in the stinger on a beach. No. Lucas, for some reason, pops into some sort of, it's not the UN, but it's like the UN. Oh, yeah. Pops into their board meeting oh, and then collapses he on the ground. The right, it's right. Then Sorry. he escapes. It's been a while since I've seen uh, it. Tim O'Neill and Brody uh, wake up in a strip club. Right. In Taiwan. Bridger, we don't know where Bridger comes from. Oh, Ford and Henderson are in a hotel, like in a, like a honeymoon situation. Yep. Uh, very odd. It's bizarre and very sloppily. Explained. And come to f- and yeah, it's sloppily explained explained by um, Bridger when Bridger shows up. Yeah, he, he tells lobotomized Bridger. He tells everybody. Yeah, I I made a deal with them, but it took some time to heal us. Yeah. And transport and us. And fix the ship. And fix the ship. And bring it back to a cornfield. Right. Now, meanwhile, in these 10 years, the world has fallen apart. Yes. Without the without the sequest the there to police the waters. Which, was it ever there to police the waters? No. That never really That was never part mission. of the sequest mission. But anyway. Maybe in season two. Without the, the sequest there to police the waters, pandemonium has broken out. Yes. All of these countries... Are laying claim to different parts of the ocean. Yep, the Macronesian We're Confederation on the edge of which war. is basically Australia. Australia is the 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 right. There are three powers left in the world. There's the UEO, yep. the Macronesian Alliance, which is Australia, and, and they're the bad guys. Yeah, but then there's also the Chowdai, which is like this neo Asian. <sighs> They've been conglomerate in hiding yes. for years, and they just show themselves on the very last episode ever to air. Yes. Uh, so it's mainly a, a fight between the Sequest and Australia. Yes. Good guy. And while the Sequest is missing in action, they give command of it to Captain Oliver Hudson. Fire the torpedoes. Our war-hungry uh, naval guy, played by 
Michael Ironside's great character actor. Yeah, and and uh, to play that role it was a good good choice. Um, fun fun fact: sure. he was in the original running to play Nathan Bridger. Um, Do you because think they wanted someone very similar to uh, Patrick Picard? Stewart? Yeah, someone bald. Yes. Yes. And like, and why did they give me a ship full of civilians? Um, but maybe this is a big question. But do you, that would have really changed? The, it would have. The let's feel hold of that off. So, yeah, let's hold that for big questions. Yeah. So season three. Is season just a three war is just season sequest at war, um, and whew, in thirteen episodes, they kill a lot of cast members. The, the oh my other two seasons, both twenty-two episodes apiece. Yep. Uh, you could probably even consider that twenty-three because both nobody dies. Are doubles. Nobody dies in those two seasons. Uh, yeah, I can't think of at no least crew nobody. Members. No crew members with a name. Right. Dies. You know, you have your, like your red shirts. Yeah. That dies. Uh, but yeah, season three, season they don't three, shy away from. They from do not killing off. I will say this about season three. It's um, it's consistent. And Whereas season two isn't. I went into this episode before binging Sequest. I went into this episode with my old uh, notions of the show from, you know, yep. at this point, 20 years ago. 20 years ago, yeah. Thinking, oh, God, season three. I don't want to do it. Season three, horrible. I hate season three. Uh, season Sequest three 2032. It has a different name. It has a different name. They yeah, renamed 20, the show 2032. 2032 for season three. Um, and I really thought it was really bad. Then I binged seasons one, season two, season three. I did not watch every episode of one, two, and three, but I watched right. the majority of the episodes from one, two, and three. And I have to say, three is much season better three is than a I gave much it credit better for. Season than season and two, two yeah. is a lot worse than I gave it credit Agreed. for. Agreed. Agreed. Um, I, I echo that 100%. I used to say it was a steady downhill. One was great, two was bad, and three was worse. And nope. now it's I just definitely say. definitely an uptick. Now I say. One was great. Three was good. I will say yep. three was good. I'll one up and Two say really season bad. one was brilliant. It was unlike anything we'd ever gotten because it yeah. it's a vision of the future that's that's realistic and believable. Mm -hmm. And I say that because whenever you get a vision of the future, there's flying cars. You've already talked about a lot about this. Mm -hmm. it, it look around. The future is now. We we have iPhones. We have touchscreens. We have all of these things that we've always said we're going to have in the future. But the world still fundamentally looks the way it it did. Yeah, I mean, it's fun to ago. be recording this episode now, just a year, a year away, away from, from and and a lot of the Sequest technology exists exists. And if it doesn't exist yet, it's 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 on its way. Believable and some and a little of the technology is already antiquated. Yes, I yep. mean. Like, the video screens and monitors and yep. stuff. I mean, we as far a, surpassed, as people, surpassed I've, I've that surpassed what Sequest. But uh, again, their, their communicators. But, oh. but that was, um, especially with the the visuals of of the screens. I mean, that was a limitation of the technology of the time of production. Yes, nineteen ninety three technology could have gone above and beyond that. So those are the three seasons. Season three doesn't really have a finale. It doesn't. It just got canceled. It yes. did very poorly. People and and. What I wanted to say about season three is it's it's a different show entirely. It's a completely different premise yeah. than which what is, we were promised when the show began. Which is probably why when I watched it originally, I did not like it. Uh, agree, yeah. Because I, I wanted Sequest. You and everybody and it, else. And it was not Sequest. It was a fundamentally different show. And while I was watching it, can I say another thought I had? Yeah. One of the reasons I think I liked 
seasons one and even season two as mm-hmm. a kid was Lucas Wallencheck. And I still love Lucas yeah. Wallencheck. But I think I was watching it at an age where I was just a little younger than Lucas Wallencheck. Yep. So I really kind of looked up to him yes. in a lot of ways. He was like he was the cool senior. Yeah. And and you know, we obviously we weren't in high school, but it was for me it was like, oh man. It was like an older brother figure. Yeah. In a lot of ways. He was I so looked, cool. I even looked at what he wore on the show. Agreed. And I was like, oh my God, I dressed like that. I don't know yeah. if that was a conscious decision with like the baggy jeans, the t-shirt, and a large overshirt. Uh, but I dressed like that a lot. And I think it came from Lucas. I don't know if I can go that far. Well, but, uh, I can. I am not ashamed to say that I, don't, I think I, don't I must have modeled I, a lot of that. my life. But off. Well, I'll say this. I, I've, I always had long hair. That is I'm true. Sure you had Lucas's hair. I'm sure it goes back to that subconsciously somewhere. And then in season three, Lucas uh, changes tremendously. I mean, he has to for the story because right. in order now, to stay on the ship, he has to, he has to get a commission. He has to enlist. He's been a civilian for the last two years. Yes, and now he must. Become this is wartime. It's a warship. If he wants to stay on Sequest, he needs to yes. enlist, and so he becomes more military. And so I lost uh, my ability to. To connect with him. I felt like it was a huge betrayal of the character. Yeah. I understand now as an adult why it had to happen, but at yes. the time watching it, that was a huge betrayal of the character. Even in 1996 watching it, like this is not something this character would do. Right. But rewatching it now, not you know, not processed this is a TV show and like this yeah, is the and that's and my point the, I think. The rewatching it now happen. looking back and you can be like, okay, I see why they had to go this direction. Jonathan Brandis does a great job of such an underrated actor. Yeah, I mean, he does a great job of taking Lucas to this new area, but you you still at least see that it's Lucas. I mean, yes. it's it's not it's not like Bridger, like this lobotomized shell Ugh. of a character that you used to love and adore. Who is uh, apparently a war criminal. Yeah, now. I mean, Lucas is a character who goes through a metamorphosis, right? And I would say Bridger is the character. Yeah, who this is another note that I made. In, is a husk of himself. In 2032, the writers write in this crazy backstory that actually futzes with the fundamental timeline of the show. Um, in which you are all about timeline. It's important. I'm a history, You're like a history time guy. Lord. I, Lord of time. They write in that 30 years ago, Nathan Bridger was in working with UEO intelligence and was working on the Gelf program and helped oversee this facility where they experimented on Gelfs. Yes. But 30 years ago, there was, even in 2032 timeline, 30 years ago, there was no UEO. Right. They would have just been part of the American military. because yeah, that would have been 2002. Just to, like, F with Roy Scheider and this character that he put a lot into creating. As much as Roy Scheider was not the bigger man in this situation, right. the writers and producers of the show did not take the high ground. No, they didn't. They were just like, fine, you want to mess with us? We'll mess with we're you. We're going to mess with you and, and everything you love about this. suffered. Yes. The fans suffered. Everybody suffered. That's who... And the show got canceled. Darwin suffered. Darwin Darwin suffered. Um, Well, those are the three main seasons. If you're still with us, thanks uh, for for listening to us talk so passionately about a show that ended with so little passion. It's such... uh, It just fizzles out. It's such a sad ending. Well, to the it show. doesn't even fizzle. I mean, it was it was straight up canceled. So yeah. I mean, it the last episode that we have access to is no ending at all. Right. It's 
it's a mid-season finality. Yeah. Uh, finale, maybe. Um, another character dies, but they bring in a new crew member. Immediately. I mean, <laughs> you can see in the episode, there was no intention to stop. No. This this was no ending There's got to be some sequest on the cutting room floor somewhere God, that we I would have not seen. Yeah, I would, I would love, love to see some more sequest. Absolutely. There's talks about a, a, a reboot. Well, let's talk about that in a little bit. Sure. I want to get to Rants and Rates. Great. Can we get to Rants and Rates? Uh, sure. Let's uh, let's start by the, the rating. IMDb gives it a solid six. Rotten Tomatoes gives it a solid B, 80% rating. Is that uh, the whole? Google is an 86. Is that for the whole the kit whole and caboodle? The whole kit and caboodle. Interesting. As a whole. Yeah. That's higher than I would think. Me too. What would you give it? I don't, percentages it's so tough to give it an overall rating season one in my mind i would i would give it a on the low side an 85 on the high side a 90 you're, you're oh, you want to do this season by season i, I was gonna do overall over, i'm so i'm that's what i'm saying if i were to do it season by season yeah. season one would have a much higher ranking overall oh, as a show i think it's maybe maybe like 70s 75 or an 80 I was going to begrudgingly give it a 75. Yeah. I want to go higher. As a whole, I don't think I can. It's so inconsistent. I think I want to go higher than 75 because of nostalgia, and I, I'm scared to even admit to myself I'm probably giving it as high as a 75 right. because of nostalgia. Yeah. It's probably lower than that. It holds such a, a special place in my heart. I mean, Sequest for me, Sequest and Star Wars were my two wow. first big sci-fi uh journeys that i went on i will say i probably enjoy going back to this more than star trek but star trek was first for me i probably enjoyed i didn't going start back watching star trek until much later yeah. so i mean sequest was my first televised sci-fi show yeah and um so it five years ago today sketch and i yep. cosplayed sequest at, at Kineticon. Kineticon. yep the, we will the, throw that picture up on we will absolutely the facebook that page up and you know what was heartwarming about that? People recognized us. Very few people recognized, but the ones who did geeked out oh, absolutely. so hard. Uh, and so it five was years wonderful. ago, that would have been 20 years after, yeah. after the show started. And we, of course, dressed as season one. Yeah, season one sequest. Because um, the, the uniform Season two sequest. Year. Oh, I don't know. And we've and, already talked about season two sequence. But the uniforms had those clips on the shoulders. Do you and, want that to be a rant? Uh, yeah, we'll save it for rant. Okay. okay. I got to get my score. Oh, I already gave my score. 75. I, I, I'm at a real crossroads here. I don't want to give it that low. I think you have to. But I'm also afraid that I'm putting it too high. Wow. I mean, season one was amazing. Would you agree if we just did season one, you'd give it like an 85 or a 90? Oh, I'd probably hit 90. 90? Season one. Okay. Uh, season three. I, if it were just season one and season three, I think I'd still be in the 80s. Really? Season three is such a different show for me. It's very different. I, I, I'm not arguing that it's very different. I don't know that I could combine those okay, two. Okay, here's the word I'm going to say when I'm looking at season two and looking at season three. Season three is much more competent. Oh, absolutely. It's much better writing, much better effects. Yeah. The consistent, oh, the effects? The effects it's like a in big season jump three. In season yeah. three. Um, the writing is better. The acting, I'd say, well, would stay consistent through all one, two, and three. Yeah, it's your typical sci-fi TV show acting. Right. I don't think it's Roy, Roy Scheider was really the the weightiest, meatiest actor on the show. Yeah, John Doctor Brand is Doctor Westphalen. Yeah, Westphalen was good. Yeah, John the yeah the, those those three really yeah. were the the family of the first the yeah. first season. They were by far um, the, the best talent on the show. Although Don Franklin Ford is a pretty good actor, had some chops. 
Oh, yeah. I never had a problem with Don Franklin. Yeah, he was very consistent all the way through. Don Franklin was our uh, second in command. Yes. Our first mate. Captain Jonathan Ford. Yeah. He was great. Born in 1990, <laughs> uh, according to the, the Sequest oh bio. Uh, my sister was born in 1990, so it's hard wow. to, to think of my sister piloting a... So, yeah, a year from now, your your sister being the first officer of the largest deep submergence vehicle. Sure. Can, can you see that? No. No? I mean... Not against my sister, based on it's weird to think of any world. I don't know if the world is ready for a deep, deep, uh, deep sea. But it's bizarre couple. to think of anybody our age, right, doing any of these jobs. Well, we're of the age now where we would be enlisted on the Sequest. Uh, we're of the age now where we should, if we were in the UEO, hopefully we would be commissioned officers, not enlisted. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean. <laughs> But what we're I'm really doing is, something wrong, Sketch. I would say we are the age of the characters that we know of in the show. Exactly. The bridge crew. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I find, oh, yeah, not I don't, I don't think either of us would be on the bridge crew, though. I I would I would handle the whiskers. You think so? I, well, okay, could, that's going to bring me to a rape. Do you think we could be on the, the bridge crew? Can I, can I, uh, can I start I with a rape? I, could, I think I could pull off Crocker's role. Okay, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah, kind of an I'm old certainly salty no, sailor. I'm no Lucas Wallencheck. No, but I could be a... You could, yeah, you could operate Whiskers. I could be a Diaz. Yeah, yeah right? That was Diaz? No, yeah. Ortiz. Ortiz. Yeah. Diaz was the actor's name. Uh, Marco Sanchez, no. Oh, gosh, where did some, I get Diaz? Some racism there. I guess I'm being racial. Um, uh, one of very my racial big, in this show. The show has... <laughs> well, they bring in race with daggers. They do. Because they got... It's daggers versus... Monochromes, monochromes, right? Yes. Is that what they call them? Monochromes. Uh, the, everybody with just one color skin instead of stained glass. Please, skin. please. Um, okay, my rave. The science and technology of the of the show, and I will go brilliant. I will go uh, throughout the the season. I mean, season, all all the seasons. Season sure. one definitely showcased it the the best, but it's not like they did away with it in season two. They just didn't play up to it as much. They, you know, the, it all takes a back seat in yeah. season two and season I mean, three. in season one, they had, as their science consultant, they had Dr. Bob Ballard. Yes. Uh, real, Not a character. That's a, right. a real life. Uh, Robert Ballard was the... Marine oceanographer. Who discovered Bob the Titanic. Uh, I mean, discovered he discovered... the Bismarck and the Titanic. Yeah, he discovered tons of uh, shipwrecks yes. here in the real world, but his... Claim to fame was Professor in 1985. Of oceanography at your uh, yeah, 1985. He discovered the Titanic, yes. and that's probably what I would say kind of set off this love affair of, yeah. of underwater exploration. And they used him in the show to kind of the end. That's probably why it was week. so believable. Yes. was because I think they could. He was, him on yeah, he things. was the, the consultant for a lot of the technology and terminology. Yeah. And there was a lot of science behind yeah. their conjecture of what. This world would look like right, and the the years. way submersible vehicles were constructed. Yep, the speeders used like a like a dolphin fin. They started the sea uh, crabs. mimicking yep. sea creatures, not because that's going to look cool. I mean, they looked cool. they looked cool, uh, but because functionality. These, yeah, these creatures already function perfect. Let's right. try to why are we reinventing it? the wheel? Yeah, uh, the sequest itself sea quest, looks like a giant squid. Yes, and has a. Uh, Bioskin. Bioskin. Mm-hmm. It's a living skin, which is what allows it to travel so deep yep. under the ocean. And also repair itself yes. from, from damage and, and, and take the pressures. And it has its whiskers. And I mean, whiskers. Just brilliant. Whiskers would get a 100% rate. Ra- yes. Because whiskers. I'm trying to remember what they stand for. I think they stand for wireless, wireless sonar. Oh, you're looking it up? I'm See if I'm right. I'm looking it up. Wireless sonar knowledge retrieval system. 
Ooh, did I beat your phone? You did. Okay. But okay, so what they are are these little orbs that that just orbit around the sequest and they are gathering all of the information for the sequest. You know, like whiskers on a cat. They're they have the sonar equipment, they have cameras, they have all of all of the uh the instruments that the that it sends back to the sequest so the sequest knows where it's at, how deep it is, yada yada yada. I mean they were incredibly believable. They're like little drones. And we have, now we have drones that, do. that can do this. And they were underwater drones that just orbited the sequest. And I love Whiskers. And they use them a lot for for They're plots. in every episode yeah, of and the not show. Just, and not just as like in a shot of the sequest, here go the Whiskers. What did you say they were? Wireless? Wireless. C? No, no, no. Here's what I said. Okay. If, listeners, I hope I'm saying it the same way. Wireless sonar knowledge retrieval system. Wireless wireless C knowledge retrieval system. Damn. Close. I was so close. You're so close. Uh, Whiskers. Wireless C knowledge retrieval satellites. 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 Sorry. Whiskers. Not system. Um, W-S-K-R-S. That's not bad, I'll that take was, three out of five. I'm impressed. I had no idea. But uh, the other technology, I mean, I'm a sucker for a good ship. Good uh, craft, and the Sequest was just beautiful. And more than just the Sequest, the other ships that they use the 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 transport pods, the stinger the launches, that, that the uh, yeah the launches, the stinger that that uh, Hitchcock and Lucas come up with. Even I will I'll say this in season two the the docking the, ship the docking ship yeah yeah because it's shaped like a suckerfish yes and it has a laser docking on the on the front. I'm um, looking at a, a blueprint of the Sequest right now. It's I just want, beautiful. I want a big blueprint to hang up in my geek room. You know, you can you can get them. Can you? Yeah, listeners, if you want to send in a a a, a large, beautiful blueprint of the Sequest, uh, email us at, at gowishatesketch@gmail.com. I'll send you my address. You can send it to me. <laughs> um, but I mean, in in any sci-fi, one of my top priorities that I'm looking for is ship the and ship. technology yeah. design and Sequest. I, I would rank Sequest great. higher than many of the Star Trek and Star You're Wars. You're going to anger a lot of... I know that, but in terms of believability and look of the technology, I would say that for functionality, mm-hmm. the the Sequest was much more functional mm-hmm. and believable mm-hmm. and realistic yeah. than many of the incarnations of the Enterprise sure. or X-Wings, or <gasps> we still don't know how the Millennium Falcons piloted. I don't know if I can... You know what I mean? X wings, but I'll agree with you on the Enterprise. Um, I I loved that it there were four uh, impellers and four rudders on the Sequest, yeah. and so they had four uh, helm positions yeah. to steer the. Sh- it was just so beautifully conceptualized and then mapped out. You believed, and, and it's probably a reason why you you liked Bridger so much. Not just you, I just mean right. the audience liked Bridger so much is because. You kind of fell in love with the ship. The ship felt like something so perfectly planned yes. out, and it was a labor of love. And according to the show, it was Bridger's labor yes. of love. And so you were kind of in love with the ship with him. And when he walked away from this project, it was just a keel and a dry dock. Yeah. And now he's coming back to it finished. And he's <sighs> looking at it like a, yeah. like a father seeing his newborn son for the first time. Do you want to talk about sets? Yeah, that's another rave of mine. Sure, uh, also a rave of mine. Love the set, and the we've set talked about this. Awesome, it's so beautiful. There are these tubes that allow Darwin to swim through the whole ship. He has access to every deck of the ship. Okay, pause. 
Okay. Can I pause you for a yeah. second? Just so the long-term listeners know what we're talking about here. Darwin, the talking dolphin, yes. isn't just on the ship as a talking dolphin. Bridger had this idea of having a Navy-trained dolphin yes. uh, to help with you know retrieval and... Right. Intel gathering, even regardless of the talking. Yes. It was the He was working was on hand signals. Yes. And so they, they have these tubes that are transparent so you can always see the dolphin to yep. give him hand signals. And the and the dolphin can move freely among the right. ship because the dolphin really is a crew member. Yes. I mean he's you, he's you, a commissioned ensign. He, he has a rank. He is, and that probably ensign came from Bridger, but if Darwin. it were somebody else, you can you would say a valuable tool, a sure. valuable asset to the boat. That animal. I mean, Darwin Fire becomes tornadoes. a character of himself, but it's more like wartime. You would imagine they'd be going through a ton of dolphins. <laughs> yeah. You know. Um so yeah, these tubes run throughout the ship. You have uh the moon pool is in the bridge. There's a moon pool in the bridge, and then there's a moon moon pool in the on research. Sea deck. On sea deck. Yeah. Sea yeah. deck is where you can kind of come and go from the, the ship as a dolphin right. or a person. Yes. The moon pool in the in the bridge is just a place that Darwin can hang out yep. on the bridge so that Bridger can give commands to to uh, to the dolphin. And I, I did like that in the last episode of season three, mm-hmm. when Tim O'Neill tells him to go out, yep. he gives him the hand signal from, seat, from the very first oh, wait, episode. Because we were saying that Darwin wasn't, in the last episode. Was he in the last episode of season three? It wasn't the last episode. I'm oh, sorry. Okay. It, it was, was the, a different episode. It was the episode 10. What was that? I don't remember. We good Soldiers? It. Was that Good Second Soldiers? Second Chances. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Where the, they the, go back to stop the yeah. Cuban Missile Crisis. They send Darwin out. That's a good episode. A crazy concept. It's a crazy concept. But I, well the episode known, yeah. was good, yeah. Tim gives him the hand signal. Yeah, but the, yeah. The, the good old... Sorry, we not can't, the last episode. We can't give the hand signal. It doesn't make good audio. It doesn't. Here, let's do it. Ready? Ready. Do you get that, everybody? Yeah. Thousands of dolphins that listen to this show just, just went, left. Yeah, they just went. They just swam out into deep water. Um, the yeah, sets. but the, the sets... It was a believable you, you nautical look, vessel. It looks like you would imagine the Nautilus might look like if it were built in 20, 2018. Yeah. And all of the compartments are watertight. Yep. And I can remember the thinking this. Hiss. The doors hiss to make an air seal. Yep. Because when the ship dives deep enough, the normal ballast tanks for comp- for compression and pressure uh, stabilization, mm-hmm. equalization, there's what I'm looking for, is not enough. They have to flood the, the corridors. corridors of the ship yeah. to accommodate for the uh, the added pressure. I mean, in a lot That's, of ways, this ship made sense. It did. It's it's so well thought out. Yeah. And there are so there are any number of things in a sci-fi show where you can be like, well, suspense of disbelief. Season one, it's the, everything is Played so minimally with psychics and aliens, yeah. it's and ghosts. Oh yeah, the ghost episode. That was their Halloween episode. It was. They had a Halloween episode, but still wasn't far fetched with the technology. Like you could believe that there was an air pocket in a ship yep. at the bottom of the ocean, and they're exploring it. Yeah, that's totally all believable. of that was believable. The, yeah, the, the ghost, ghost was part not. is what the supernatural. You could, you know, if Halloween there was an game. air pocket in the engineering deck and mm-hmm. the generator was running, like why couldn't you have yeah. lighting? Sure. In these air pockets of the ship, um, so it was. It was all. That's why I say really season one well. focused on the sci. Yes. of sci-fi. That's a great observation. Yeah. Do you have any is, other raves? Oh, I have lots of other raves. What, how about you? I feel like I already did two raves. Well, you had raves that I pitched in on. I mean, we could rave about. I I would like to just talk about our favorite episode of all time for rave. 
just because we've said some controversial things about the show that might lead people to believe that we don't actually enjoy it. I love this show. I love this show so More much. More than nostalgia. When you see a good episode of Sequest, it's great. It, I, it puts you to being a little kid on the floor in front of the television and just dreaming with wonder. And of, But of it also, possible. I mean, it's a double-sided coin because when you see a good episode of Sequest, you you also think to yourself... How bad it got. This could have been so great if right. it could have just stayed consistent. If the, if the writers could have put down the cocaine and booze. Sure. If... You know, if any number of things could, I don't know if they were actually doing that, but it, season two would lead me to believe so. I have, I have, I have no excuses for season two. I don't know what they <laughs> were doing. I don't know what they were thinking. Uh, okay, but so our can favorite we talk epi- about what's your favorite li- episode? The library. The library of Alexandria. And that's, that's, that's yours? my favorite episode. Okay, so yes. we, this episode is so great. It starts off. They're in the Mediterranean. In the Mediterranean Sea. Mm-hmm. This, you know, divers underwater. Later, you learn that it's Bridger himself, yeah. along with Doctor Westphalen, and they're underwater. They're excavating. They have this giant like vacuum tool. Mm-hmm. It's not a prop. It's an no, that's a real thing they use for underwater excavation excavations. tool. Yes, it vacuums absolutely. up the sand, mm-hmm. revealing artifacts, and they're pulling out goblets and tablets, vases, and, vases, and, um, and uh, saucers and statues. And yep. so they see what they've got. And they want to see what else is down there. So they send Ford out in a sea crab, which is a a ship. One man deep, submersible, yeah, exactly. deep sea submersible. Has many vehicle. arms. Yes. Has many manipulator arms. Yep. It's, it's, for, the it's for excavating things off the floor. Yep. In another episode, Krieg uses it to harvest these gems. They end up being they, poop. They end up being Spoiler luminescent alert. squid poop. But uh, uh, it's, and they, a, it's a, the sea crab is a ship that's that's made for labor underwater. Right. I mean, it's also they a ship hook, that helps do repair. They hook a, basically a, a giant sand blower up. Mm-hmm. Basically, a giant version of what Bridger was using. Yeah. Well, his was like a his was sucking. his was a vacuum. This one's, this one's blowing the sand away, and the you know he's having a you know he goes hee haw at one point. He's like oh like, hee haw. And uh, Bridger was like I'm, I'm losing my first officer here. You got to give him back to me. He's going over to the science side. And um, he uncovers a first a giant statue. giant statue, and then this dome shaped building. And through the episode, we find out it's the lost. The, the lost library of Alexander. Well, it's the receiving room. The receiving it's the customs office. Hall of the the library of Alexandria. Library of Alexandria. Yeah. And squee like amazing. Yeah, yeah. and then and it gets even better because uh, they, br- they discover that uh, what had sunk the library was an earthquake. Right, and so the library itself didn't collapse. It just it just sank. It just sank. It just went down right into the ocean and, and all of that trapped air that was inside of the dome is still there yep. preserving those artifacts and, and they've so, never touched salt water they've never touched uh they haven't been expo- exposed to humidity mm-hmm. and so everything is perfectly preserved and so and then, they explore the yeah they explore the library and the b plot to that story is then the international diplomacy of trying to figure out now what happens to right because this is alexandria this is a receiving port from all over the ancient world right so everybody wants to stake their claim over artifacts that That they believe exactly even though it's on egyptian soil or water right they're all staking their claims to what actually came and And the, the libyans that pose the greatest problem yes I guess, well, in the early, the late 80s and early 90s, there were lots of issues with the United States. And they Libya. were real dicks yeah. about it. At one point, they drill a hole in the dome. Start trapping, letting in water. Yeah, Bridger and Lucas. Um, 
And so those those two plots are going on at the same time, the discovery and the exploration, but also the diplomacy of right. figuring out who not only owns this wealth of treasure and knowledge, but who will benefit from it. How can right. we make How sure... How can we make sure everybody benefits from yes, it? Yes, because this isn't about money. This isn't about fame or riches. This is about knowledge. Yes. And that's what the show was in season one. It yes. was about knowledge, knowledge. preservation, ecology, yeah. exploration. It was a great episode. If you are only going to watch one only going to watch one episode after this podcast. The library. You want to watch season 1 episode 3. Yes. Uh it's just tremendous. I hate that I have to say such a good episode is one of the very first episodes because yes. it makes it sound like it goes it all goes downhill down. from there. There are other great episodes. There are other great one. episodes, but I I would argue that, that this is the best. The Library of Alexandria and is the best. And Roy Scheider at his best. This is Absolutely. Nathan Bridger in all of his glory. Mm-hmm. I don't want to give anything away, but it's a Bridger is, episode. He is such a badass mm-hmm. in this episode. Yep. Um, and not a chauvinistic like shoot him up badass, but he is just. I think the TV I mean, trope said badass grandpa. Yeah. He's I not even that old. He's not that old. He's not that old. Um, he's just he's just a badass. He's just a badass. He's an intellectual Yeah, yeah an intellectual badass, badass. Not a not a Rambo badass. Yeah. He's he's just like, I'm gonna figure out a way out of this problem where everyone Right. Everybody there's everyone there's wins. no way to win. I'm gonna win. Yep. Here's how I'm gonna win. Yep. Uh, Great episode. If you're gonna watch only one episode when of Success, he, that when he says like when you're finished with it, pass it back. Yeah, that was great. Oh, yeah, man, the delivery. We such spoil a, a lot. I don't want to spoil. This I'm not. I'm not going to do it. I'm not saying it. it's so. Was a great scene. When he says to him, "Would you?" Yeah. Like to oh, pass I that know back? exactly the scene you're talking about. Or that's fantastic. Would you... Oh yeah, no, I know. I'm not yeah. going to say it. You're I'm not going to say it. I'm not spoiling it to everybody. I'm not either. Uh, I want to, but I'm not going to. Watch the episode. It's that good. Any other rays? I have so many, but I think I should stop there. Okay. Because uh, this is kind of a deep cut and our, our listeners may not know what we're talking about, I want to save it there. That I don't want to spoil too much. a lot of the time, but that's okay. <laughs> um, should we move on to rants? Yeah, and, and just like you saving a lot of your raves, I have a lot of pitnicky rant, rants that I, I, I'm not going to go into this okay. minutia. I mean, a lot of the rants that you can say about this show are obvious. If you watch any of it. Yes. I mean, sure, you can say the premise if you have no imagination. Sure. Uh, sure, you can talk about the acting. Fine. Sure, you can talk about the talking dolphin. I don't consider the, doc- the talking dolphin to be a rant. Yeah. I know other people do because it's too far-fetched. The terrible cameos. Oh, the cameos. So many bad cameos. Oh, oh, remember man. that cameo we watched with the in singer Vogue. from In Vogue? Well. That was one of the worst episodes. Who clearly I've ever could seen. not play guitar. I'll t- I'll leave it to you to, Oof, to comment on that. Just holding a, a G chord. Oh god, in that episode, they fought Neptune. They, they fought the they the fought Ro- Neptune. They kept calling him the Greek the, the god. The Greek god Neptune, of this, oh, it's either Greek god Poseidon such an oversight. Or Roman god that is such Neptune. an egregious oversight. That might be my biggest rant. But, in Second Chances, which is regarded as one of the best episodes, Oliver Hudson, uh, the new captain of Sequest, Mike Larinsides, keeps saying nuclear yeah the word is nuclear okay um and he does it seven times that's, wow that's just egregious you have someone on i can't set believe you counted whose job is just to say oh michael it's uh you you mispronounced that it's it's actually this 
Oh my goodness. Um, yeah, there's just so many production oversights in in the show from season two on. Well, I that's, will that's say a big that one. They, the show was Poseidon already, grabs the sea quest. Um, the the show was always, or at least in season one, it was science based. Yes. Starting in season two and three, they started to bring in history. They did not treat history with the same respect they treated. They science did not in in the first. Which. The, our big issue with the library is nobody wears gloves when they handle artists. Well, that was driving me nuts just as a, as gloves, a, as a student you were of art shouting history. At, at, at it was driving history. me crazy that they weren't nobody putting gloves, wore gloves on they when were they were touching, touching all of everything. these artifacts. Um, I can't rant about that. Sure you can. I, I'll leave the, the crazy, it's ridiculous rant It's in the same vein as not you. pronouncing. It's not a ridiculous rant. It's a, <laughs> When you do it seven times, clearly no one is paying attention. It's I would oversight. say, though, that the not wearing gloves thing was it's pretty probably not going to bother a lot of people. It didn't bother me as a kid. I still loved it. It bothers you as an art historian? Yes, it does. Okay. Yes, it does. Um, my biggest rant about the whole show, and I, I'm, I'm really just going to boil it down to this one rant. Sure. Just the inconsistency. Yeah. I mean, it was the downfall of the show. Yep. It, it's... it's Definitely why it didn't last. It didn't know what it was. I feel like in season one, it knew exactly what it was. Mm -hmm. And it executed it fantastically. Season two, for whatever reason, we tried to be something else. It did not work. Failed. Season three, we tried yet another thing. We didn't return to the original formula, which worked so well. We tried yet another thing. Also, didn't work. Um... So it's, it's just the inconsistency, especially in the seasons. I mean, when you look, I, I, I don't mean to keep coming back to season two, but like when you look at season two, even the season itself is inconsistent. Right. You know? Um, so my big rant with, with Sequest, other than the fact that it was canceled, which is probably my biggest rant, <laughs> um, is that it was, it, it was just never consistent. Right. Which just made it feel too amateur. And then it made it too hard as a fan to convince other people to give it a chance. Yes. You know, it, it was too hard to give it credit when it kept making such poor decisions. And it's like Captain America in Civil War. It really is. It just it kept really showing is. very poor judgment. Yes. Am I supposed to be rooting for this? Um, I will condense all of my rants down and roll it into this because ultimately it's the consistency. And this is. This is my big rant, and it's also a big question that I have. Okay, so it'll lead us nicely into our it'll big It'll lead us into segment. big questions. Uh, the history of the UEO. Yeah, the timeline. The timeline. Okay. And it's a, it's a rant, but it's also a big question. Sure. Um, the UEO is formed around 2015, 2018, somewhere in there. Like maybe 2016 or 17, let's say. And then the we're picking up in 2018. I do think they were wearing UEO badges in the three-year flashback. They were. But it was brand new then. It was. So that was 2015. Okay. So. Sometimes I wish I looked at my real life with <laughs> such scrutiny that I look at. <laughs> I know, right? Fictional shows. So, but the UEO is essentially brand new. And Bridger sure. is not part of the military. He's living on his island. In Yes, at that time. At that time. Yeah. In season two, 
it's more established somehow, but the pieces don't seem to fit. They've given it this backstory mm-hmm. where the UEOs kind of become this puppeteer of global events, and people are starting to question it. I think he's and talking the, season the, three. Nope, dagger research with the Gelfs. That's all part of the UEO, um, and uh, they are liberating yeah. the Gelfs from the the UEO facility okay. um, at the beginning Fair of season enough. two. Yeah, the UEO was involved in that. And yep. then in season three... Um, Two or three, they did more so. The UEO is now somehow magically 30 years old, which does not fit the timeline at all, to the point where Bridger, at the start of his career, was involved with genetic engineering and the Gelf Project, and he's not this squeaky clean, hippie grandfather that we fell in love with in season one. Yeah. And that's kind of the producers taking that away from us and Roy Scheider um, in pettiness. But it creates this problem what is the UEO? How long has it existed? It's supposed to be essentially brand new when the show's starting. Mm-hmm. It's in its infancy. It's no older than five years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and that goes into the consistency of the show. It creates a lot of problems because you go from this idealistic organization in season one mm-hmm. to this very corrupt and problematic organization by the time you get to season three. Well, it started to fit the trend of can you fit can you trust the government? Right. And, and uh the UEO, the UEO cannot be this benevolent organization if we want to question their right. motives. But the UEO was also not the government. No, it, it was, was like a UN. It was like it was It was an underwater UN. Underwater UN, exactly. And the Sequest was on loan to the UEO. Yeah, from America. From the United States. America leading the charge. Yeah. Um, so I, th- I think, you know, the show's timeline is, suffers from the same consistency itself. And it's just bad writing is what it comes down to. Yeah. Um, which, you know, plagues the show in other respects as well. So my, my big question is, when does this show take place and how old is the UEO? <sighs> I don't know. I mean, I, I think I said this in Spider-Man. If they claim when the show is, I just believe them. Sure. So they say it's 2018 when it starts. I believe we don't have to try and figure it out. The UEO. I don't know how long the UEO has been around. It's a consistency issue. It is a consistency issue, and I I think if long-term listeners have been paying attention, that's what I already said. So I don't know why you're arguing with me (laughs) over my rant. Okay. Um. What's What's your big question? Um, One of you. Yeah, I just thought of this. I have some big questions written down though, which I'll still. I'll still ask you, but I want to blame the inconsistency of, of the show for its inevitable downfall, or shall we say sinking? Because we're underwater. I, you I get it? You. Okay. Yeah. Just didn't get the reaction. I try not to think about it. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's all around us at the moment. Yeah. Um, but do you think it would be fairer to blame the basically the the spat between uh, Roy and the producers. Oh, I think it's a big part of the breakdown of the show. Because they seem to really start making decisions in the show that was just to stick it to Roy. Yes. Who, in that same interview where he trashed the show, also said that he felt lied to. The show that he signed up for was not the show that he was doing in season two. And he was very disappointed. Which, that. if you've watched all three three seasons, you can't argue with him. Right. That. You cannot. It's it's clearly a, those three seasons. shift. The first one could have been Sequest, and then you could have renamed the other two, and yes. they could have been standalone shows. I mean, Absolutely, they were so foreign to each other. I would 
100% agree with that and say that it is the downfall for the show. The production team decided to go to war with their star. Yeah. 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 That's just so sad. It is. It really is. Because we had such a great thing. Yep. And it and it was it was brought down by such a petty reason. Like why not work together then to make it better? Right. That's like the ship's going down, not to keep using nautical references, but I think we have to. In this I don't episode. think the producers were interested in taking any of his his feedback or suggestions, whereas the original production team in season one, he had a lot of input on the yeah. creation of the character and the direction of the show. It was, it's just like if the ship is going down and Bridger's trying to save it, it's like the production team went down and punched new holes. I in don't the hole. know that he was trying to save it. I think he wanted out of it. But don't you think he wanted out of it because they weren't listening to his ideas? He felt like he didn't have any say? Yeah, I think that was a very short transition, though. I feel like if he had say, it would have lasted a lot longer. Possibly. If if it's true that he was very involved in season one and the decisions made in season one. Based on my research, it seems like he was pretty involved. You definitely did more research than me. I definitely watched Well, I wasn't able to watch the show because uh, it was no longer on Netflix. Do you have any other big questions? I I certainly do. Do you have any big questions? Uh, I do. Um, okay, so it's 2017. If right now, where yes. we're, when we're recording, we're, or, or, no, we're recording we're in, in 2018. We're in 2018. Our listeners, listeners are listening. Are to listening this in 2017. 2017. Oh, so it's, it's all timey wimey. It is. Okay, a little wibbly, wibbly wobbly. In 2017, in yes. the world of 2017, and, and listeners, we know how it turns out. Mm-hmm. Um, hang on. In 2017, who would you want on the bridge of the Sequest? Like we're doing the show over in in the world that our listeners are are inhabiting right now. Mm-hmm. Hudson or Bridger? Those are my choices. Yeah. Like if you were going to do the show over and they're not making it in 1993 with all this starry-eyed emphasis on research, save the planet, they're making it in 2017. Who do you want in the Bridge of hmm. Sequest? In a, in a world where Donald Trump is the president. Let's not get too political here. Bridger, this, is, this is a real show about fake stuff. Yes. Uh, Bridger or... Hudson. Well, I feel like that's a loaded question with an with an obvious answer. I feel like because or who do you put on the bridge? I mean, obviously, we both want season one Bridger well, on, the, on season one Bridger on the. I mean, the helm. I feel like you need Hudson these days. You need a Hudson. He was a military man, but I would argue he, for the most part, always demonstrated sound judgment. I'm going to have to disagree with you on that. When? When did he not show a sound judgment? His, his answer to diplomacy is to load all of the torpedo bays and fire. At who? That is how he, Wait, he when? negotiates. When? Oh, in that last episode that we watched? Anytime he has to negotiate. Don't you think they're a He bluffing? immediately goes, no. I think he loads the torpedo tubes with every intention of firing. Oh, I thought Ford was bluffing for him. When Ford no. walked in and was like, sir, we are locked on and all torpedo oh, no. doors are the open. The Sequest winds up like we're, we're now in firing range. We can just kill them. All. I thought they were bluffing. But no. um, I, 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 uh, I hear what you're saying. Part of me feels that way. But I'm going to say I always want Nathan Hale Bridger at the helm of the Sequest. No, I want Bridger. Yeah. That wasn't the question. You're trapping me. Rewind the tape. Rewind the tape. <laughs> you asked me what this this world needs yeah. right now. I think this world needs Nathan Hale Bridger. Season one, Nathan Hale Bridger. Not season three, Nathan That's Hale Bridger. Not season two or three. Um, I guess. God, we this, need, is, we need this our, can get to be a really deep 
question. It is. I guess it depends on what you. It's a you, simple question, but it's what very you deep. think the world needs. the world needs right now. You gave us your answer. Well, I think I think we would benefit from from a, the Oliver Hudson fire the torpedoes. A stern, um, oof. A stern, but I I still think he's very human. I mean, mainly just with Piccolo, but he he has a human side and he's willing to make concessions to people when they're reasonable. That's fair. I feel in that in the very last episode, he lets the uh, what's what. What nation is she from? Chow. Chow Dai. Chow Dai. She lets her kind of. He, he lets her make the final decision, even though she's technically a prisoner, enemy combatant. Yeah. Um, He's told he has to take her. They go into closed doors. He didn't want her. No, I mean when when her people came to get her back. Oh yeah. I mean, That's he could have easily just thrown her in the brig and said, "No, we're not giving her back." That's true. She decided to leave. He let her leave. Listen, I want Bridger. Okay. I want more Bridgers in the world. Okay, but you don't think we he should be at the helm of Sequest in in the world our listeners? Well, are, I guess it's are, because are what I'm thinking of is Bridger is research and science based. I don't know. He's he's pretty BA when it comes down to it. Yeah, he certainly can be. It's a tough question. It is. It's a very difficult, deep question, especially because we're talking about a, a submarine in a world where submarines are not as relevant as Sequest <laughs> posited they were going to be. Yeah, they're um, not the they're not the front line of defense that they were. In uh, 1993, what's another one of your big questions? I guess I would love there to. I want to finish answering the question in a way that makes me at least feel more comfortable with my answer. Okay. I want there to be a Bridger because in 2017, back in 2017, right? I wanted things were looking bleak. Sure. And I wanted there to be more scientific exploration and 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 um, sharing of knowledge and diving into these big questions another pun but not intended like <laughs> i'm bummed and i was bummed in in 2017 that like we're, but we're here in 2018 we're at uh, broken ridge yeah but we weren't in 2017 that's, going to space anymore that's like true it, there's no more exploration in the world we're all focused on too many other things yeah i won't get into that because i this is not a podcast about the real it's world a real show about fake things uh but I want that science and that discovery and that joy of exploration back. And I think Bridger would be the man for that. And yes, I would agree with you that when push comes to shove. He's going to fire those torpedoes. If he needs to. Yeah. He will. But again, that's me talking to like what my ideal world would be. Okay. Anyway. All right. I have another big question. And it's certainly... The long-time listeners are going to notice a trend in our questions. Shades goes for the deep, thought-provoking questions. <laughs> and I go for the very shallow questions of, why didn't Bridger, when he left Season 3, take Darwin with him? I don't know. I feel like he should have. Darwin it was his dolphin. was his best friend on that island. Yep. His only friend. His only friend on that island. There are multiple episodes where the safety and happiness of Darwin yes. is paramount to the mission at hand. Um, he does anything for that for dolphin. Dol- for that dolphin. Darwin. And then in season three, Bridger. when he leaves, he does not take like, Darwin. See you, Darwin. Don't even give a crap about you No, anymore. he doesn't say goodbye to him no, at all. He doesn't even... He yeah, just goes. Even, oh, I guess he sees Darwin and gives him like a little pat or something. But there's no exchange. And maybe that was the turning point. That was them writing him to be a character that we started to just not, did like, not anymore. like him. Yeah. But 
in a related question, why the answer to that question is because it's a television show and they needed to keep Darwin on for the, well, for yeah. the kids and, watching. And, and that is the technical answer for the, the, the second part but of that the, question. Is the why, question makes no sense. Why did Hudson keep Darwin on board? <laughs> he, he, he refers to Darwin as that, that animal. Or that animal, yeah. He does not like having Darwin on board. No. He's in charge of the boat. He right. doesn't need to keep Darwin Fire on board. Fire that dolphin out of a torpedo tube. Um, he begrudgingly uses Darwin a handful of times right. and has other Quote, people do him. Can that animal help us? Yeah. And I think the answer is just it's just it's it's, it's, it's a television decision. Right. This wouldn't be sequest without Darwin. We need to keep him on. Strong agree. It's just sad what they did to Bridger. It really is. It really bums me out. There's a lot about Sequest that since the years have passed, yeah, it just really bums me out. It does. Sequest. Do you have any other big questions? I don't. I don't have any other big questions. All right. Well, I have one final. Great. Big question for you. You didn't share this one with me. Which, I, yeah, you no, kind of. I mean, I like to shoot from the hips. Sometimes. Yeah. Uh, my pulse blaster, which I like because you can't use bullets under you underwater. Cannot use bullets underwater. So they have pulse blasters. Yeah. Until season two, when they have lasers. They have lasers. Um. If you are going to relaunch another ocean pun, if you're going to relaunch bum, bum. Sequest now, yes, um, you know, like Netflix buys up all these properties and and redoes Netflix. Them. What are you waiting for? Yeah, redoes them very well too. Um, we would love to write what is, that pilot episode. By what the way. is your ideal Sequest? Oh. Um, I think I think you need to do a, a straight reboot. I don't think you could do a sequel at this point. Ooh, okay. Um, I think a straight reboot. Okay. Or, but would the reboot take place in 2018 still? Would you push it back? I think... Uh, oh, now I gave you a loaded ooh, question. This is, this is difficult. I think you'd have to push it back a little bit. Yeah. Not too far. Maybe 2020. Maybe 2025. Mm-hmm. Um, not too far, but I think you'd have to do a straight reboot. Okay. Because I don't think those actors work in the context of, of like a Netflix show or like work in this co- the context of the, the yeah. genre of this world that. We certainly like. You couldn't do Sequest the West. It's serious. Yeah, you couldn't do Sequest the way it was done in 1993 or 95 or 96. No. Um, I agree with that. So uh, I think I think it would be difficult. I think you need to do a straight reboot or you set it way off in the future. I said this to you earlier, you'd have to make Ford the captain. Just because I think I don't think you can cast someone else to play Lucas Wallenshaw. Okay, I mean we did talk about this a little bit. What I want is Lucas. And I I want that too. To be a captain. Somebody wrote a treatment for a pilot called Sequest 2040-something. 20, 20, okay. Can't remember, but it leaked onto the internet, and it was set in 2040-something, and Lucas is the captain of Sequest. And I think that's perfect. And you you thought of this. You're like, that would be amazing if Lucas was the cap- yes. captain. And it's, it's going for... And his especially, life has come full circle. I think Especially by great. the end of season three, he has really demonstrated that he could. He is his own man. Yes. Say what you will about season three and the changes that Lucas took. He certainly grew up in season it's, three. Uh, it's quite a character arc and he, from season one. He would make a fine 
captain. Strong agree. I just don't think you could cast someone else to play. I know for those Jonathan of you who don't Brandis. know, Jonathan Brandis no longer with us. Committed so. suicide in two thousand five. So could or two thousand I'm sorry, two thousand three. Two thousand three. Yes. Uh, many of the sequest actors are no longer with us. Yes, Roy, Roy Scheider, passed no longer away with 2008. us. Um, Admiral Noyce, no longer with us. Crocker. Crocker, no longer um, with us. I agree. I mean, yes, in a perfect world, Jonathan Brandis would still be with us. He'd be the one playing Lucas. I I still think the character of Lucas, though. Who would you cast to play him? I don't know. I don't know. Long-time listeners know I don't know actors. Uh, Long-time listeners, right into the show... Because I love I love Sketch's premise. I just I can't see anyone else playing this character. I mean, does it have to be someone that we've heard of? Can it just be an right up into and the coming? show? What are your thoughts? Sequest twenty forty something with Lucas Wallencheck as captain of the Sequest. Can it be Hayden Christensen? That's such a low blow. We in in doing a little bit of research, Sketch uh, found out that Jonathan Brandeis auditioned to be Anakin Skywalker, Anakin Skywalker. in Episode Two. Attack of the Clones, and that would have been such better casting, proving once again, George Lucas, you don't know what the hell you're doing. I would have... That would have been such a brilliant movie. I would have Think loved. of the chemistry between Ewan McGregor and Jonathan Brandeis. Yeah. That would have existed. Oh, that would have been so good. Yeah. God, that's one of these things that bums me out. Wow. Sequest right now. But um, no, okay. To answer Let's my own question, and I'm talking purely in a perfect world, I would still have Jonathan Brandeis as the captain of Sequest set like well like you said in like 2040 something and it would be a marrying of science and exploration with a little bit of wartime because i think contemporary audiences need that tension need that seriousness yeah need the gravitas of a wartime show to keep something like sequest afloat <laughs> but um that was a rough one yeah well, that's uh, it that was final those. final thoughts no. for sequest yeah i miss it I really do. I miss... I would love for someone to reboot it. I miss the feeling I got watching, watching it, it and, and not Even watching, watching it. Even watching it now. Yeah, and because you can only do so much when you're watching stuff you've seen a couple of times. Right. I want that fresh, new... It's yeah. a new episode of Sequest yeah. tonight, yeah? Um, Steven Spielberg, what are you waiting for? I just miss it. It's your property. I miss it so much. Give us a movie. And Give us I a thank standalone it. movie. And I thank Sequest because it really helped draw me into the sci-fi world. Oh, I'm with you there. Yeah. Should we uh, start packing up the GoCo? I think I hear our launch at the docking bay door. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just want to grab a couple of drinks at the at the mine mining colony bar. Yeah, I think uh, Lieutenant Hitchcock's about to uh, take your set. Woo! Take the microphone. Hitchcock. If you disagree with anything that we talked about in this or episode, agree. or agree, or agree, or uh, have argue thoughts you guys or comments, about everything. About Sequest that you want to share, please email us at gowithshadesandsketch at gmail.com or check us out on our Facebook page, Geeking Out with, uh, with Shades and Sketch. Don't forget, check out an episode of Sequest. Yeah, I'm please. I'm guessing many please of do. you have not seen it. Highly give recommend it. it. Uh, give it a chance. And uh, if you are a fan of the show, please kindly leave us a rating and review uh, on iTunes. It really does make a difference in boosting the profile of the show. Yeah. And um, if you have an idea of something you want us to geek out over. Oh, yeah. Please. Contact us, Facebook, email, a review. <laughs> uh, we, we're always looking for more stuff to geek out over. We like geeking out, and uh, we want to hear what you want to geek out over. All right. I'm Shades. Catch. Thanks for listening. See ya.